0: And welcome to another edition of the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast. This is Orlando Magic Daily co-editor Philip Rossman-Reich. I am joined... As I usually am on this podcast by uh, our good our good and co-editor uh, Brett Roberts. Brett, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good.
1: Pretty good. I'm glad springs here. It's it's, it's long waited, you know. What,
0: what what is what is spring? There's there's I mean it, it, there's there's it's a little a constant I, summer I, in Florida, but I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not I'm not Well, I was going to was going to say uh, Brett Brett isn't located in, in Orlando like I am. Uh, we're actually going through a cold snap right now.
1: Oh. <laughs> it was in so the So it's like it 60.
0: It, oh yeah, it's, it is sixty actually, but it was in the fifties <laughs> yesterday. So, so that's 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 cold for us. It,
1: on Saturday it was seventy-eight degrees, and on Sunday it was snowing. So, oh man, it's it's a crazy po- place to be. The the weather here, anyway. But uh, oh, I, the magic I brought, weather is not good, is it?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's well, we'll get into it. I I brought a sweater out yesterday. I was I was very proud of myself. But yeah, uh, the magic are in an interesting spot. And we want to talk a little bit about what to expect the rest of the season. They're game 70. So they've got 12 games remaining this year. Um, So, you know, we wanted to get together for a podcast, kind of update where things are at. Maybe, maybe look back at the season a little bit and, and talk about what they can still do with these last 12 games or, or whether it's just time to kind of pack it in and do nothing with these last 12 games um, they've, they've slipped down now to 12th in the East. Um, they fell behind uh, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks caught them. They're now 29-41. and 41. That winning record dream that Scott Skiles had at the beginning of the year uh, is more or less done with one more loss. Um, if I, my math is correct, which it sometimes is not, there are uh, six losses or six Chicago wins Away from being eliminated from the playoffs, it might actually be five. Um, they play Detroit tomorrow. Detroit hmm. needs to get to 42 as well, so it's actually five. Um, they're five win, five losses, or five Detroit wins away from being eliminated from the playoffs. Officially, uh, in in 12 games, that seems pretty certain it's going to happen. Uh, and so, you know, we've got the big question of what what's left to play for. But before we get into that. You know, since the I think the trade deadline is a pretty good dividing line. It happened to be the All Star break. The Magic made those moves to bring in Brandon Jennings and Arsano Yosova and send out uh, and send out Tobias Harris. I don't know if we've talked on the podcast since then, but what were your general impressions of the move now that we've ha- now that we've been with it for about a month? What 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 do you see from from those players, and is there any hope that they'll stay on this roster past the end of this year?
1: There's little hope that they'll stay on the roster, but not none. Um, I mean, I, I already knew what to expect, really, from both of them, so there's no real surprises. Uh, Jennings certainly can put, put the ball in the basket sometimes, but his percentages are still low. Ilyasova is kind of a one-trick pony. I mean, they're they're good role players, but are they any better than any role players that we might choose to retool with? Otherwise, I can't say necessarily they are. Um so I mean it's it's like a good little stint they put in but I I don't think that either of them are like must-haves, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm in the same boat. Um Brennan Jennings has actually played a little bit better than I expected him, but mostly since uh since he took over the starting role from Alfred Payton with Alfred's uh sprained elbow issue um knocking him out of the lineup, uh he's he's done a good job getting the magic into their offense and with him being a free agent, I'd be interested maybe to see him come back at, at a much reduced salary but I'm not you know banging down the door to do it uh, he still does a lot of things that I expected that he would do that would frustrate yeah. me mainly dribbling around aimlessly for about uh for about eight nine ten seconds and then hoisting a mid-range jumper that that's contested um not a huge fan of that uh, I, don't, I don't know who is um Sova, no. well I think his defense has been okay. I think he hedges, which which not a lot of Magic players do. Um, yeah, he's just I, I'm not. I I have been of the opinion, and, and I've had people ask me this and, and tell me this that the Magic didn't get enough for Tobias Harris, and I've pretty much told them, look, the Magic, you know, for everything they said about hoping, you know, and and I think they truly hoped this, whether it was true or not, whether they knew thought it would happen or not. I do think they hoped that bringing in two rotation caliber players to bring off the bench would bring some balance to the team. Uh, it didn't, and they're pretty much just cap fodder to to help clear the cap. Um, I've begun telling people Arseniyev is more or less a walking eight million dollar trade exception with his uh, his non guaranteed salary next year. Um, yeah. So I I'm not. Particularly high on either, I, I I doubt either will will stay on the on the team. I'll be surprised if they do. And essentially, that deal was done to, to clear cap room. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday night before the Magic take on the Detroit Pistons. Uh, what you, what before we kind of move on to some of the larger implications of of, of all that? What were your thoughts on the Tobias Harris trade? Um, did the Magic make the right decision? Uh, you know, dumping salary essentially or should they have held on to him? And obviously, he's been playing really, really well with with that Detroit team in, in a good situation, competing for a, competing for a playoff spot, um, playing in a way that he couldn't or didn't in Orlando um, right. this year. What, what were your thoughts on on, on sending him out uh, in, in this deal?
1: Well, you know, my my simple reaction at the time was that it was a necessary risk, and uh, to some degree, I still believe that's true. I I think that. Uh, the team was never going to make any drastic change, changes to, towards the better without getting in some, a couple max contracts. And the problem is that you pointed out, and a lot of people pointed out, and that Tank Commander was first to point out. Probably, uh, our our buddy Tank Commander is is Zach Zach, Zach, Palmer. Zach Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, is that is that we're not guaranteed to get anything with that money? You know, it might it might just be a bunch of cap room that never gets spent on any great player. But you know, it's like. To, to make the leap to being a, a really tough team it's it wasn't going to happen with Tobias Harris and what's currently on the roster something needs to come in and we know it's not going to happen through this draft either probably so at this point it's all on free agency and, and it's, it's, it's a total gamble I admit that I admit that it's a gamble
0: yeah, and, and I, I certainly thought it was a gamble too. Um, not necessarily a gamble. I thought the Magic were, were quite quite ready to take, and I think we'll we'll get into that in, in, in just a moment here. Um, free agents are very very fickle, especially the the kind of free agents that I think the Magic want to get because they don't quite have the superstar on their roster. Or I mean, they either don't know it or, or they don't have it yet. Um, it, it certainly right. hasn't revealed itself in many ways, and they get very very fickle about where they decide to play and, and who they decide to play with and essentially I think the magic are gonna have to take a risk on a guy like they like they did I mean and, and this is maybe the wrong example because it worked out but um, they're gonna have to take a risk and, and find a find a guy like Tracy McGrady who's about to break out like they did in 2000 um, they're gonna have to you know a, an example that didn't work out was like a Torontoron I mean Teron Lou was not at the same level but the Magic signed Tyronn Lue, saying, "Here's a backup point guard for the NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers, who seems ready to take on a starting role." He wasn't. Magic paid the price for that, and moved on within a year. But they paid the price for it. And, McGrady loves
1: that. Huh? McGrady, McGrady, loves some Tyron Lue.
0: <laughs>
1: he wanted to drag him with him to Houston.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, I think the Magic chained chain Tyron Lue to, to Houston, chained to, to, to Tracy McGrady, and <laughs> sent him to Houston. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, I mean, that's that's the risk you take in free agency is when you're asking guys to step up and roll, sometimes they don't have it. Um, I general, generally think the, the problem with the Magic right now is they have guys who are in roles that they're not capable of playing full-time or necessarily playing uh, for a successful team, and, and that's one of the issues that they needed to resolve and needed to figure out. And I think that is one of the reasons Tobias Harris is no longer on the Magic. They They've kind of made the decision who they were going to move forward with And Tobias Harris wasn't that guy. You could kind of tell by the way they used him, too, that he wasn't necessarily that guy. Uh, And and so they moved on. They cleared some cap room and gave themselves themselves some flexibility to go find that guy or to bring in the guy that that makes it work. And so to me, that leads up to the biggest question that we've had to, to ask and to answer this season, what do the Orlando Magic have? Like what is what is on this roster? And, a lot of
1: inconsistency. A whole well, lot yes, of yes,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, like let's 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 turn the clock back to, to October. The things that there 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 are a few goals that the Magic talked about this year. Um, Scott Skiles said, number one, you know, we want to make we want to make the playoffs. That should be every team's goals. Goes without saying. Number two, in order to make the playoffs, I think we need to have a five hundred record. Again. Those are good goals. With, with where the Magic were, they, they put an emphasis on winning. Um, they wanted those goals. Those, those are the goals that, that seem to be gone now. They are they're, they're very difficult to achieve at this point. Um, essentially, it's going to take a pretty big collapse for the Magic for, for, for the Magic to get to that playoff spot just because there's so many teams in front of them uh, and the odds are, are sacked against them. The next goal for the Magic then was to begin establishing a winning culture and to play meaningful games later in the season. In March, around maybe not necessarily this time of year, but certainly they wanted, they, they're, they dreamed of playing meaningful games here. And you know, I, that's kind of the goal that I centered my expectations of the season on. Because this is the first time the Magic are, are trying to win, essentially, um, since the Dwight Howard trade. And learning how to win is a very difficult process, especially when you don't have veterans on the roster. And I think that's been the biggest biggest issue that this team has faced uh, and, and the biggest, um, the biggest thing that they haven't been able to accomplish. But at the same time, I do think they're playing meaningful games right now. They're not out of the playoffs. They're not technically out of the playoffs yet. Scott Skiles can can go to his team and say, "Hey guys, we've got to win tonight or we're out of the playoff or we're not making the playoffs." And and like after the All-Star break he said final what was it? Final 30 games, he said we've got to go 18 and 12, I think, to or we got to win 20 game 20 of these thir- last 30 to make the playoffs. Uh, if we get eighteen, we might have a shot. You know, th- it was good to. It wasn't good that they they needed to go. They needed to win two thirds of their games to make the playoffs, essentially. But uh, it, it was good that that you could, as a coach, go to this locker room and say that. Now, should the players or the coaches be satisfied with achieving that nebulous playing meaningful games and into March goal? No, they 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 needed to make the playoffs. They needed to set set a higher expectation and. The frustration of this season is that the players didn't seem to rise up to that expectation or or the coach didn't pull the right levers to get them to that expectation, get them to that level. But when I look back at the season, when I look back from from the goals that, that this team set in October, I don't see full progress or the full step forward that the Magic wanted to take, but I do see a step forward. And to me, that says a lot about what this where this team is at and what they're trying to do and where they can and where they can go and what they need to do to build to next year um i've been talking a lot here so what what's what's your reaction to all that how, how, do, you, how do you break down this this season so far in light of maybe preseason goals before we get into shifting expectations and then all that
1: i think i'll introduce the elephant in the room sure. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come in that is that the magic were nineteen and thirteen when the calendar year rolled over, yeah. and we were shifting our expectations to something far bigger. Because yeah, before the season, me and you both said thirty-two to thirty-five wins. We agreed, and they still are going to be right in that range.
0: They should. They should hit. I so, mean, I had them at thirty-five wins. That's a ten-win improvement. They should hit. Yeah,
1: still. they'll be. They'll be close to that. So yeah, I mean, like in terms of wins, did we get what we wanted from the season? Probably. Yeah, but it's just the weird way in which it happened. The way that it toyed with our emotions when Scott Skiles won December Coach of the Year and things looked really promising, and people were all talking about the magic, and now people aren't looking for the magic on League Pass anymore. You know,
0: they are when Aaron Gordon's playing, but,
1: uh, well, when, but when Aaron Gordon's <laughs> playing, like th- things just change radically. I mean, he's been the biggest revelation of this meaningless stretch of the season. You know, the meaning he's been the meaning in it.
0: Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. And and um, so then I guess I guess then the next question. On that point is what happened. How do how do we how you know we're we're getting close to the end of the season here. We can we can deconstruct it a little bit. What do you think happened to go from nineteen and thirteen, heading into January to two and 12, 21 and twenty five at the end of January, and completely out of the playoffs?
1: But what, what was you and I both noticed when it happened, though, we noticed oh, when yeah. it happened. We noticed exactly when it happened and could tell what it was. It happened, the, the it happened in late December. The accountability factor fell through the floor. Players weren't giving a crap anymore about one another or the or, or about their own play. And when, we, when you lose that accountability, the defense is going to go to crap. And it did. It went, it went downhill fast.
0: You know, it, accountability's been, been an interesting word that's been thrown around all season. Um, you know, I, I know Rob Hennigan's thrown it around. I think Magic CEO Alex Martins has thrown it around. Scott Skiles mm-hmm. has certainly thrown it around. He, he he wants to hold players accountable to a certain standard. Um. I, to me, the issue isn't necessarily... I mean, I think accountability is certainly a part of it. Um, but we were seeing even in late December some cracks in in the defensive veneer. Uh, the the team just didn't seem committed. Not, not, i don't want to it's almost like
1: it. they thought they were going to succeed but without having like really have built that reputation already amongst anybody not even themselves you know
0: yeah I, like I, there's I, an I,
1: expectation
0: Kind of see that i you know some of it was i, I think to, to put it in kind of simplistic terms they just kind of expected it to happen instead of Necessarily doing the kind of gritty, dirty work that it actually took to build to build what they built in the first two months of the season. Right. Um, you know, I've had this conversation with a few people. I remember Skiles kind of hinting at this, and and I, I I think I pressed him a few times on it. Um, but my impression was, you know, the magic. Were playing really well, but they weren't. Always crisp and clean with their very simple defensive principles, and uh-huh. so Skiles couldn't add wrinkles. So he couldn't make adjustments. He he didn't, tr- and, and this is another word that I've thrown around a lot uh, when explaining rotation decisions and and ex- trying to trying to find some reason for why um, things are happening the way they're happening on the floor. Um, it, it didn't feel like Skiles trusted the players enough with the base defense executing it properly to make in-game adjustments. Like he said it a few times early in the season, we would tell the players to do something in a timeout, make an adjustment, and someone someone or the whole group just wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're messing up something that basic, and you've got to work on something that basic, that becomes a problem. That Yeah, becomes... I mean, he, he's,
1: not, he's not there to babysit them and teach them the fundamentals of basketball.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, he, and he's got to a little, I mean, he, he had to a little bit um, in training camp, but it seemed like once they left that, that training camp environment um, and kind of the newness wore off and teams figured out how to attack them, the Magic just didn't know how to react to it. And you know maybe I'm reading the situation wrong, and I very well could be. But that was my impression of, of things is, is they they just didn't know how to react to it, and then that's when, perhaps three years of losing came in, and bad habits started sinking in, and guys started playing for themselves a little bit too much, or you know I, trying, I think to, or the, trying to overdo things in some ways.
1: Um, I think the parts the parts are kind of weak in some places too. You know. Oh yeah,
0: there's there was yeah. definitely a roster issue too.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, you, if you look at it like a snake, the head of the snake is Alfred Payton, and his defense has been pretty poor on ball all season. And it's pick and roll defense and yeah. horrendous. Yeah. And so, so then, the, and then the tail of the snake snake is Vucevic, and he's the slowest footed uh, foot mover on the entire team laterally, end up and down the court, and he's he has he has to anchor the baseline. I mean, like, how much better is the defense when Deadman is in there? But then Deadman can't do anything offensively. It's just, I mean, the, the roster is is got a lot of cracks in it, you know.
0: It, it does, and and you know, I think, on, and honestly, more than the let's let's play meaningful games in March goal, I think the Magic knew they were not a complete team yet, and I think one of the big things they needed to learn this year was that exact point. Where are our cracks on the roster? Where do we need to improve? And which guys do we need to, to keep on our roster moving forward? How do we make this team better? And obviously to make the team better, you've probably got to give up something valuable in return. And we've learned that with, with Tobias Harris, I think. Um, but you know one of the I mean that's one of the big questions we need we needed to ask is we need or we needed to find out not we needed to find out is you know, can this roster win? In a win, in a, a coach expecting wins, pushing for wins, you know, telling telling guys you've got to do this this way for us to win. You know, like with with all that in play, how would this team respond? And at the beginning of the season, it looked great, and we saw the potential that this team has. And so you wonder where's the consistency what happens when the chips are on the table and i think you know i mean i i'm not a big believer in clutch stats or how a team plays late in games i think it i think it's no different than the other games but there is something to it that when games got tight the magic kind of went into a shell and they got tight instead of playing loose or or sticking to their offense or making the right plays they They've lost I mean, I I mean I think after Sunday's game in Toronto, Evan Fournier said, you know, it feels it, it, it you know, you don't want it to feel this way, but it feels like here we go again. And I think that's really kind of gotten into their psyche that these close that they're not going to be able to pull out these close games. They're not going to be able to to hold off charges late in games and that's that's you know, not, that's but something that's, that's, been that's, the that's case all se- that's
1: been the case all season. You wrote yeah. Weeks ago or months ago, I don't know when, that they've lost more close games than any other team in the NBA.
0: They've, I mean, I, it was a, about a month ago before they played the Warriors, um, that they'd played the most minutes within 10 points of any team in the NBA. And that, uh, I, you know, to some extent, that is a sign of progress. Like, I'm not going to poo poo that. They don't get blown out very often. Um, you know, they're. They're hanging around right there. And there's right. a
1: reason for that that we've talked about, too. You know, that they play to the level of their competition.
0: And he, I mean, like, essentially, this is a mediocre team. Mediocre teams play to the level of their competition. I mean, it, it, we saw that throughout the early 2000s with the McGrady years. Those McGrady teams, they could beat anybody. They could lose to anybody on any night. That's that's the definition of a 500 team.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. You know,
0: the Magic aren't quite 500. They're probably on pace for about how many wins they should have anyway. But, you know, you, you talked about, like Fournier, Fournier said Sunday, you know, if we can win half the close games that we've lost, I think they played 13 games that were decided by five points or less or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they've won maybe two or three of those or, or, or something like that. I mean, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I had what a record they... at
1: one point that I, I calculated earlier in the season, if you remember. Yeah. About games decided by, what was it, seven or less, I had said?
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: And it, it, they were had a horrible record in those yeah. games. It was like three and eleven or something, you know. Yeah. So I mean, if you
0: win if you win half those games, you're looking at maybe three, four, maybe five more wins. Five more wins puts you in the conversation for the playoffs. So it's not like like I, I mean, there's a lot of frustration as there should be, and there's there's some panic about this roster, but it's not like they're super far off. It, it, I mean, I, I do think they need to take a more tangible step forward. Um, I think this year did show some some holes on the roster that need to be filled uh, and did so because they were pushing to win and pushing in the way that they were pushing. And I think the frustration is perfectly legitimate. I, I don't mean to, like, poo-poo <laughs> anyone who's disappointed with how this season went. I, I mean, I think that's healthy to be, not, you know, maybe frustrated is – okay. I mean, I'm not saying don't be frustrated, but – I'm not poo pooing anyone who, who wants to call this season a failure I mean I, I think that's going a little too far, but um it does say something that you know they're they're right there they're not as far off as maybe we think they are, but they're still missing that extra piece because this 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 keeps happening it, it hasn't improved as the as the years gone on it's kind of stagnated and and the magic have kind of stagnated in many ways too
1: and, and there's no alpha dog you know oh yeah I mean... and,
0: and that's 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 a huge problem as well um, Yeah. When, when you look... I mean, we've talked a little bit about the holes on this roster uh, and it being clear holes. I mean, Alpha Dogs, I think, won. What other what other needs do the Magic need to go out and fill this summer to, to take that next step that, that people wanted you know, to see this year that, that needs to happen next year? Because I, I do believe this. 2017 is... A make-or-break year for Rob Hennigan. They've, they've, yeah, they've got to make it, the playoffs next year. I think, right, I think they That directive is very clear. Especially I, I think that,
1: that some of those, some of those things could have already been addressed with the proper moves. You know, I, I, I am not saying Willie Cauley-Stein set the NBA on fire, but he would have helped a lot more than than Mario Hazonia this year on a on a year this year basis. I'm not, I'm Possibly. not, I'm still on the fence yeah. about Hazonia. You know, but they they need a defensive big. That's one of them. They need a defensive big yeah. that is not a complete offensive liability. You know, and um, you know Willie colley Stein might not be the D player, but I'm just saying. For example, they need a defensive big, and they could have had one already. Um, they they need more shooting, even even than what they have on the roster. Because when your sh- your starting shooting guard is Victor Oladipo, and he's a below average shooter, and that's a position that's supposed to shoot the basketball, a, that's going to cause problems.
0: He's certainly so, a he's certainly a below average three point shooter. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm preparing to to write an article on this uh, it, pretty soon. I, I want to get a little bit more sourcing done on it. But um, Victor Oladipo is actually an above average mid range shooter. It's, it's pretty interesting looking at his numbers. He's shooting like 45 percent on mid range jumpers.
1: He does seem to get it cooking from mid range. I didn't know the numbers on it. Anyway, yeah, um, no, that's, he that's, that's some that's purpose that's something for shoot. the future. Yeah, uh, you know, and and then you get down to that that Fournier versus Oladipo question. We we'll, might tackle that later. Uh, then you at the point guard position, Alfred Payton has played horrible defense all season. Point guards have eaten Orlando alive. We just saw it again last night with Isaiah Thomas. Yep. He just, he just diced Orlando into pieces and it was all Alfred Payton lagging three steps behind every play, you know? I mean, it
0: was Jennings, too. It wasn't just... Jennings, Jennings was and, just and, as bad, and, but. And, and, you know, we... I mean, I've, I've ragged on Payton for his on-ball... for his screen defense, and, and I think you have, too. Um, some of that goes on the centers as well. Um, it, it goes on, you know, Dikla maybe not covering... not calling the right coverage, or, or Vucevic... Vucevic just uh, just doesn't hedge. I I mean I think putting Peyton with a center who can actually who can actually defend the pick and roll would would also help him a lot. Um uh, Jason Smith sometimes doesn't doesn't call coverage as well. Um it, there's there's a general lack of communication on defense and and, that, and it, it starts with that pick and roll and and that's where um the defense starts.
1: Look at it this way. How bad is Vucevic when we got when we start thinking Jason Smith is a really good defender? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like that's that, what we're thinking. He's not. He's not. He's just. He's playing pretty good defense, and Vucevic is that bad that we're actually thinking Jason Smith is, is all NBA. You know.
0: Yeah, and my and my first my first my first thought when Sova came was, it's nice to have a big that can hedge. Zoya Silva does yeah. hedge pretty well. I mean, he defends he does, the pick and roll well. I mean, he does a few well. a few yeah. things
1: pretty well. I'm just saying he's
0: oh yeah you know, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A talent. That's all.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. I I was watching some tape this for for the article I did on Mario Hisonia, and uh, I was watching some tape on on the on the article I wrote about Mario Hisonia this afternoon, and I, I was ready to to blame Hisonia for dribbling into a trap, and I was watching the tape again, and I was just like. Airson didn't even bother to set the screen.
1: <laughs>
0: he tried he tried a slip pop like he uh-huh. he faked the screen and popped to the to the wing and 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 part of it's on his ownia for not doing the over the head throw to to the to the guy rolling but I mean he just left his own there hanging and it was just like
1: yeah.
0: either it's a miscommunication on what he was supposed to do or his doesn't know how to read the play or or you know x y z whatever whatever it is but just like
1: I mean, a lot of bigs do that, though. You know, they set yeah. a pick and then they'll pivot before the before the player even runs into them, and but, it's but just like, like, it's, I mean, like it's completely ineffective. Yeah, and
0: I mean, I'm not gonna say completely blame blame Sova but like yeah, I mean, the Magic, the Magic screens have not been strong. And I know Zach, I know Zach Palmer has been big on that for, for all year too. The Magic are not a great screening team. They don't they don't free up their guys on the pick and roll, and you know, again, we're talking about very basic, simple things that a coach can tell a player to do. Um, and, and to teach them how to do, but they don't necessarily do for whatever reason.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of, we we're talking about losing close there's a games. Lot of problems. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a whole lot. We we're talking about losing close games, and like the Magic's best play in a close game is the Oladipo Vucevic pick and roll. Do you think opposing teams are really like dreading that?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, they could. You know, more than you'd think. Like, I, I, uh-huh. like there's actually, you know this is another thing that's coming down the pike. I, I know there was a, I know there was a paper written at Sloan at the Sloan analytics conference that was held um, a couple weeks ago, talking about pick and roll combos and they did sing, 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 single out the Oladipo Vucevic combo as, as a good one.
1: That's a good one. Awesome. I mean, that I'd have to look, look, the, have I, don't to look
0: I don't know if I have, I don't know if we have public access to those numbers.
1: It, um, it it can work really well when it works. When, it, but I mean, I say that about a lot of stuff, and it's a I mean, really like, general, vague statement. But but when when Oladipo's aggressive and getting to the basket, and Vucevic is rolling really hard to the basket instead of just popping every time. I mean, then it's really effective.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and, and I mean that's part of Vucevic's problem too. Is he is he falls in love with his jumper sometimes or too much? Way too yeah, much. But like when you have an old when you have an Oladipo or a Peyton that just wants to get downhill and drive the lane, but also has the smarts to pass back, pass back out. Um, then it, it works. It, it, it can work offensively.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it, I, it's, it's to say it's, it's bad, it's, it's, it's say it's bad is, is is really is wrong. But like, I'd rather have a great isolation score, and I guess that's where some people are like, "Well, why'd you trade Tobias Harris?" Then you know, so oh yeah so i <laughs> I don't know I don't know where to cut this one anymore
0: <laughs> It's yeah. a mess, yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean again, like this is the these are the questions that the magic needed to be asking and needed to get some answers on, in my opinion. So, what do the magic have? in Victor Oladipo is he is, I mean, uh, essentially, essentially it's essentially like and the reason I want to single out maybe Victor a little bit um he, he was the number he was the number two pick in his draft he's he's you know kind of the face of the franchise in, in a lot of ways um he's had this strange season like he's starting to come back around and play at maybe the level we expected him to play at all year
1: uh, I mean, at this point, the best thing Victor Oladipo could do for the Orlando Magic is to go to that Team USA camp and recruit. There's not,
0: I don't, there's not going to be a Team USA camp this summer.
1: Well, whenever it happens. I mean, he is the closest thing Orlando has to a a player that opposing teams look at as something like a star.
0: Yes, yes. And and he started playing, but he's going to reel in
1: another talent. It's him.
0: Um, what what do you – I mean, yeah, and I think he's going to be – him and Aaron Gordon are the big selling points um, in, in this group, on this team. Um, you know, I wrote about this a little bit yesterday coming out of off his game against the Celtics. What do you make of Victor Oladipo in the last 10, 10, 12 games? Uh, I mean, like, it feels very much like the end of last season when we started believing a lot in him. What does he have left to prove this year? Is this...
1: He has to continue. He has to carry it into next year. I mean, like last year, you had you had you had assigned uh, the piece Victor Oladipo's star turn. I'm like, sure, I'm all over that, you know, and I wrote it, and uh, and we thought it happened, but but it didn't. And so it needs so, to, it needs to carry through the rest of the year and into next year and just keep going. I mean, like it it needs to not end. That's what needs to happen.
0: So with. I mean, with I mean, with that with that baggage and that history, because I mean, I th- I mean, I'm I'm willing to I mean, I, I we're we're seeing Oladipo play at a really high level again, and it feels just too late. It's just like where was this earlier? Um, should we believe this then? If because because essentially, and, and I may uh, people. May it's like the guy that your, goes your,
1: back with his girlfriend after two or three times well, of being no, cheated. It's,
0: it's 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 this is year three of Victor Oladipo. He yeah. He's eligible for an extension this summer. The magic in my mind and this this may not be completely true. I I could see them both coming back, but essentially the magic have to make a decision between re-signing Evan Fournier or or trying to move Victor Oladipo cuz I I don't think that I don't think if, if the team is very serious about winning you can keep the two together cuz Evan's not a 3 in my no,
1: opinion. No, no, he's not um, definitely. Not. I was thinking about that this morning too when I was brainstorming the whole Oladipo and Fournier uh, baseball, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's, it's inter, intertwined careers. Is what it is right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And so, essentially, this summer the Magic have to make that decision because I mean they can lowball Oladipo on an extension and let him play restricted free agency, but they've got to make that decision either this summer or by next year's trade deadline. And I think it'll be better to make it this summer. Than than to wait to the trade deadline, especially if they're trying to win, so they can get something of value. Um, so so the next thing we were thinking value. about was
1: was what is Oladipo's trade value? Then.
0: I mean, you, I mean, you just said it. Oladipo is the guy people think is the star of this team.
1: I think his trade value is variant, very fluctuating. Oh, yeah, I'm, know, sure, I think from CM to GM, yeah. Because he 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 so he brings so many intangibles. He plays such good defense. And then his flaws are just as accentuated. So I think, you like you, you have one GM maybe that would pay you very nicely for Oladipo, and another that would what you would consider lowballing you. Yeah.
0: And, cert- and certainly, the Magic will expect a big haul in return. I, I mean, I think a, a, a deal centered around Oladipo, their draft pick, and uh, maybe the maybe Yosova, they'll feel like they can get something of value. Because uh, I mean, I think I think what again to me the biggest problem with um the biggest problem with losing teams essentially is they have players playing the wrong roles Oladipo has been kind of put into this role of being the primary scorer or primary creator and that may not be his optimal role
1: Hmm. yeah I mean uh, is he a number one option I don't think any of us necessarily think that's the case uh but that, then, then I guess yeah, so it's it, no, he's so there. There's I don't I don't know what what you really could expect to get back for Oladipo. Like it's it's obviously kind of silly to just throw names around, but I I don't know like what level of player you're you're necessarily expecting to get and, back and for. And, all, think, and I think that's pick. I
0: mean, and that's and I think the Magic will be patient because of that. But and, and I and and this is not I mean, and we're having this discussion and it's hypothetical discussion because. The Magic may really like Oladipo. They may believe in, no, Oladipo's our guy. We think he can still be an all-star, and he'll be the guy that attracts us a free agent more than Evan Fournier would. While Evan's a very good player, has some good skills, we can find those skills elsewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, certainly there, there's there's a, another side to that debate, and, and, and I think we'll be having that debate throughout the early parts of the offseason, and trying to figure out which direction the magic will go, or I'm sure there will be different people saying different things. I know I've had people uh, on my mentions saying, you know, oh, oh, Fournier, Fournier isn't a sh- consistent enough shooter, although I think he's been the most consistent player on the team this year, which is saying something on a team of so many inconsistent guys. But um, yeah. but Oladipo certainly has a higher ceiling, and, and I don't think you just let Oladipo go for nothing.
1: Well, no, you know, the, the thing you just said there about basically being a replaceable part... Is why Tobias Harris could be traded because yes. So 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 what? The Magic strike out on all the the best free agents and they bring in Chandler Parsons. That's about Tobias Harris. So what was lost then? Nothing. That's why I yeah, said it was no, a necessary. They didn't, really,
0: they didn't really lose anything.
1: No, I mean, replaceable like... parts is, is a big factor, and Oladipo is a less replaceable part. He's kind of a unique talent, you know. And Fournier is a good player, but like you say, he's he's like a very role player, supporting cast type guy. And Oladipo's ceiling at this point is much higher because I mean, Fournier, I think we would agree, is either peaked or very close to peaked. Whereas Oladipo, we're, we see flashes that suggest he could he could have a very a much higher ceiling. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and it's not to say Fournier's peaked, but yeah, I think this is about what Fournier is going to be. And and if he can be this for the next six seven years, that that's that's a hell of a career. Um, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's really good. I mean, he's he's been really really good this year. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got – so I've, there's there's some breaking news coming across the wire for, for Orlando Sports if, if anyone's interested. Uh, so I apologize if, if I'm a little distracted here. Um, nothing was... too surprising. Uh, okay. Uh, Johnny Dawkins is, is going to be the new head coach at UCF it looks like. Uh, huh. So charge on there I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, – but, I also uh, was always back... a fan of
1: Dawkins and Hawkins backcourt in Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, good old Hersey Hawkins, man. Um, yeah. The uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it Oladipo I think has the higher ceiling, and and Fournier does some things some things very well that the team needs, um, no doubt about it. Um, but you know, it's a tough decision. It, it's not an easy decision, and and it's probably going to be one of the big decisions that defines Hennigan's career, because essentially, I mean tell me if I'm wrong tell me if you think I'm wrong this this summer is the summer Hennigan needs to, to do something like this is where he proves his worth to the team
1: it's the summer of Rob
0: yes yeah very much so um yeah you know we, so we, we we've talked a little bit about some off season stuff um where the team's been what, what kind of the questions that are being raised um You know, I wrote a little thing for Orlando Sports Daily. I'm sure we'll reset it a little bit on on Orlando Magic Daily very, very soon about what's left to learn this season. We've got 12 games to go, and it still feels like there's still some things we need to resolve. And one of those, I think, is the oladipo fournier question that needs to continue to develop. But to you, looking at these final 12 games... What's the biggest thing the Magic need to accomplish in the last 12 games? And, and I'll take this one out because I think this should go without saying, and we'll maybe talk about it when we get to the end. Aside from winning basketball games, what's the yeah. biggest thing you want to see in the final 12 games of the season?
1: You know, I think that when you look at this roster, it has a lot of known commodities. We, we know what some, some of these guys are as NBA players, but there's other guys we don't know. And Hizonia and Aaron Gordon are the two biggest ones, the ones people want to see on the court the most. And so I, I think, yeah, if you want to say the, the rest of the season was be- is best served towards prospect development, I'd be okay with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's kind of the, 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 the biggest thing. One of the bigger things the Magic need to learn is how much has Mario Hizonia learned. Um, when he got starting minutes, he looked pretty good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, coming off the bench, they tightened the leash a little bit and, and he made some, he made some mistakes. He's been making some rookie mistakes and, and they've, they've kept him pretty pretty tight and, and they've, they've not let him kind of make some of the repeated mistakes maybe. but even um, even in the, even in the uh, quest to get wins, I, I do think it is time to, to let Mario off the leash a little bit and let him play um, a lot more. Uh, maybe not a lot more, but certainly play more. Um, It just feels like it's time. Um, You know, you don't have as much to play for. You got to see what he can give you. You got to let him kind of put everything together. Um, I'm curious to see what he does with more meaningful playing time and even maybe some late game playing time. Uh, Of course, the issue is who do you take out for him? There, there isn't a clear answer to that either, Uh, but it's time to let his own, play through mistakes a little bit more. And, Get himself comfortable, more comf- not more comfortable than he already is—but get himself into a "we're trusting you, we believe in you, we, we, we have confidence that you will do will do this, or you will be this player." Go show, go show us. And if uh-huh. you make a mistake, that's okay. Just make a better play the next time. And, and maybe they've treated him like that, and he just hasn't—it hasn't clicked for him. But I, I do think they need to play Azonia more, and, and even play Gordon a little bit more.
1: Yeah, the time for for the time for really reactionary coaching from Skiles is over now. You know, the kind of by that I mean the the kind of stuff. Oh, uh, player X turned it over two out of three possessions; they're out of the game. That that, the the time for that is past. For Rizonya, for Aaron Gordon,
0: yeah, that's done. done.
1: For Oladipo, all the young guys that 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 are are trying to flourish right now they need they need to give be given the, the least to do so you know let off the chain like you're saying and and you, you can't learn when you get when you're getting pulled and not getting consistent minutes you know like the two minutes stints and then you're back for four minutes later you know that's that's not quality playing time
0: no no they definitely need the time to get into a rhythm and and gordon struggled with foul trouble of late and that's why his minutes have, have come down a little bit he's he's kind of slipped a little bit defensively um Hazonia has had some issues with turnovers lately. And I, I, I get from a winning perspective why that they have the quick leash. But, uh, you know, I'm someone that believes the team should still be trying to win. I think that's that's a valuable goal in and of itself. They don't want to create bad habits. But at the same time, um, it does feel like – I agree. It, it's time to let them play through mistakes. Let them be the focus. You know, not – not verbally guarantee them twenty minutes, but give them twenty minutes, twenty five minutes a game to, to to at least for Hazonia to play that much and and just go play, frankly. That I mean I think that's been the biggest thing with Hazonia is he's he's been looking over his shoulder a lot this season and hasn't been able to just play. I mean how I mean how do you look at Hazonia this season?
1: We didn't get to see enough of him. That's that's my biggest conclusion. Uh, he has a lot of real real good skills as a player that that are valuable, you know, in terms of like his, his ability to get his shot off with no space at all, to bail out possessions and get long threes often that go in. Um, I mean, there's a lot passing of the tool-
0: ability is incredible. Like that's, oh, that's yeah. the one thing I didn't expect is his passing ability.
1: I, I noticed that right away in summer league, and he's really oh, yeah. good, quick about making the right too. So like yeah, the tools are there for him to be a very good player. How good? I none of us have any idea. You yeah. know?
0: And and like I looked I looked at the season before Hazonia and knew and like the people who expected him to come in and be a superstar, I think, were a little were overhyping him a little bit. This was always the kind of season he was going to have. He was going to have to earn his way off the bench because there were guys in front of him who needed minutes too. And he was always going to have these ups and downs and struggle, and struggle a little bit. Um that's just kind of where he was at and the unfortunate thing is there have been times when he has not looked ready to has not looked ready for the NBA, which is which is okay. He's 18 19 years old. Like he, he didn't need to come in a finished product at all. Um
1: he's 20, isn't
0: he? He's 20. Yeah, I think he's 20. You're right. Yeah. Um he didn't need to come into the NBA a finished product. Um the one thing that I'm a little hesitant about is it does look like he's lost some confidence. You know, I, he's a confident guy. He'll tell you he needs to improve on everything. Like he knew how big of a task was ahead of him, and he. I think he was he talking plenty of smack last
1: night against the Celtics, Phil.
0: He was. I, I, it he was talking a lot of smack. Was. Yeah, he, he really started. He, was, he, he really
1: started drawing.
0: He was yeah. cursing at himself.
1: He he started getting in the face of uh, who was it? <laughs> it, it showed, the Celtics broadcasters were remarking on it. So I mean, I watched a different broadcast than you that, yeah. that showed it. Yeah, yeah. So he he still has some confidence, I would think.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I think the confidence is still there. It's not overconfidence, like like maybe it was advertised. Um, I think. I think he'll be fine. I mean, I've seen enough this year where I think he'll be fine. I think he'll he'll find his way, and uh, once a role is more better defined for him, and he's more comfortable in the NBA game, um, but. Hmm.
1: Uh, I, I really, I don't have a good enough read on him. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, that, that's that's fine. I, I think, I think. We'll see a very different Mario Hazonia come Summer League. I really do. I, I mean, I, I we've, we've it feels like we've said this every year, that one of the Magic guys is going to come and dominate Summer League. I what think Mario Hazonia is going to dominate Summer League. I think I think he'll make that big of a step from the end of April to, to July. Um,
1: yeah, and he'll come out like Aaron Gordon, thinking he's the best guy in the whole league and play like it too. And so he should,
0: And he should. Um, I, I, unless, unless you know Ben Simmons happens to be, unless Ben Simmons happens to be there, but uh, or Brandon Ingram, but um, that's 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 another debate as well. Uh, but I think for the last twelve games, what I want to see is a, a concerted focus to build confidence in um, build confidence in Mario Hezonja. Like I, they need to, they need to get him more confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that I think Skiles' coaching has been necessarily bad um, it's, not like, it's not any of that But I do think you know They need to put him in situations Where he will succeed And that's kind of what they've tried to do In some ways throughout the season But they need to challenge him But also help him succeed a little bit more In these final 12 games And give him the opportunity to do so even if he makes mistakes, go back to him and say, we believe in you that you can get this. You're, you're our horse the rest of the game. You're our horse for this time period. And just let him see what he can do. Because, I mean, I think we've seen this year that when he gets it going, he's, he's a very effective player.
1: You know, roster-wise, a lot of people before the season would have said, well, I got Fonya. I'm sorry, we got Hazonia. We won't need Fonya anymore. I mean, we don't know that yet. <laughs> we don't know that yeah. he's going to ever play to that level.
0: We'll, 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 see. And I mean, I think, I mean, I think that's the biggest frustration from this entire season in many ways is we don't know. We still don't have clear answers about most of this roster. Um, and that's, that's something they have to continue to, uh, to, to answer, to be frank, they have to continue to, uh, they have to continue to find those answers and, and answer those questions as best they can. And so that's maybe, that's maybe what the final 12 games give the most information about, really. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's definitely tricky. Um, I, so that gets us maybe to, to our final point of the evening. In sure. these final 12 games, what is the main goal? Because, I mean, there is a debate among Magic fans. I I know where I stand on this debate. I I mean, I've said it here. I think the Magic need to continue to push for wins. I don't think there's much use in tanking at this late stage of the season. Um, I think it sets the wrong tone for the players on the roster and the culture of accountability that they're trying to build to purposefully lose games. Um, Certainly, playing your young guys more maybe means you lose a little bit more, but... Again, everyone on this team is young. When we're saying play your young guys more, we're saying play Alfred Payton more than Brandon Jennings, or play um, play Aaron Gordon over Ersan Olyasova. I mean, we're not we're not talking we're not talking anything super crazy here, um, as far as playing your young guys. The young guys are the guys that should help you try to win. So you've got to let those guys try and win. I think. Um, but, you know, there is something to say, you know, let's get as many ping-pong balls as we can and let's, you know, see if, the, see if things bounce our way this time in the lottery or get ourselves in position to maybe draft Buddy Heald. Um, I mean, a guy that I think could help the Magic immediately helps clarify that, that question about Evan Fournier because I think he can't play the three, but he does a lot of the same shooting things that Evan Fournier does and you can bring him off the bench and I think he'll be effective the moment he steps on an NBA floor. Um, you know, what, what do you do with, with the, with these final 12 games in that sense? Or or does it all kind of take care of itself with, you know, trying to get Nazonia a few more minutes or, or trying to, how does, how, what do you do with it? What do you, where do you fall on that debate? What, what, what should the team be doing?
1: I mean, no, no team steps out on the game to lose out on the court to lose the game, you know? Sure. So yeah, I think I think the point still remains to get as many wins as possible. Yeah, you go out and try to win every night, and you try to play as a team. You know, not not be playing for stats or contracts, but play like a basketball team. If you play like a basketball team and win as many games as possible, I, I'm pleased with the outcome that they're they're out there competing. You know, I guess that's it. Compete, really, compete.
0: Yeah, no, and 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 I agree. Um, does. Are you so? Then I guess the, the the more subtle question or the more complex question do you play like a CJ Watson late in the game over Alfred Payton or Brandon Jennings over Alfred Payton late in the game? Assuming Payton's healthy, of course. Um, do you play Jennings over Payton late in the game to get a win, or do you want to make sure? A young guy, and maybe Peyton's the wrong example because he's got plenty of experience here. But, but, or do you make sure the young guys finish to get the chance to finish the game and, and get that experience?
1: Um, yeah, I don't. I'd even go to say as far as that one is a little situational, you know. Okay. It, in terms of who's playing best that night, because we've already seen Skiles coaches like that, and a lot of coaches do. You know, if Jennings was really having a great night, then. He would play before Peyton at the end of the game. If it was close, then you play Peyton. Something along those lines, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, yeah. And I think Skiles has shown a penchant for one reason or another to try and stick with the hot hand late in games. Um, We we saw Nicholson finish Sunday's game against Toronto. Um, That was somewhat controversial that he did. Um, He stuck with Ilyasova. That was controversial that he did. Um, You know, it, it... it's been a very strange season that that's both both in a good way and a bad way like i i think it's strange but strange in that you know we've gotten some questions answered or we've we've asked some some serious questions that need to be asked um but strange in that this team could be so much better than they are and they're just they they just didn't get over that hump that that was right there in front of them they 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 got a little bit further up the hill, but they didn't crest the peak. If no, that, so if that now analogy makes sense.
1: It leaves us with the summer of Rob. Yeah. Yep.
0: It it certainly does. Um but we got twelve more games to go before we get there. Uh we've gone for almost an hour now, Brett. Um yeah. I, I think I think we've about covered everything we need to cover in these in these in these final uh for, for the to prep everyone for, for the final three, four weeks of the season here. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting ride for sure, and, and, and I do think the Magic accomplished a little bit of what they wanted to accomplish, if not – certainly not all, but, but a little bit. And um, I think when you look back at the season, it's, it's going to be a transition year. It's going to be a year that you either look back and say, this year taught us a lot and made us the team that we are in 2018 – or you're going to look back and say, "This, these last four years were completely lost. We just, we just didn't have, we just didn't know which direction we were going." In 2016, it
1: taught you know, me a little more what, as down. a as a basketball watcher. You know, this season really did taught me a little more as a, as a student of basketball that yeah. that um, some of the things that can most go wrong in a team are some of the things that are hardest to put your finger on.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, some I mean, sometimes teams just don't work, and uh, right. we'll we'll find out exactly where the magic are headed uh, in, in the coming months. But uh, let's 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 get through the final twelve games and see what we can get out of it. There's still still opportunities, and I, I know people hate me saying this, but uh, the playoffs aren't completely gone yet, guys. It's you're not out until you, until they tell you you're out.
1: I thought you were going to say something about Orlando City, so I don't know Orlando why.
0: In, Orlando City has hasn't lost a game yet, so uh,
1: okay. they've
0: only played three. And and I will continue to note, Northwestern is still undefeated in the NCAA tournament.
1: The, oh yeah, yeah. You
0: can't lose if you don't play.
1: Remember yeah. that, everybody. Did they um, take an NIT invite this year? Even I, no, I didn't. No, We didn't
0: get. We didn't get invited to the NIT.
1: Ah, uh, it just keeps rolling on the good times, huh?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like I said, like I said, UCF appears to have hired Johnny Dawkins. I'm just coming back from a UCF softball game. Good times out there at the UCF softball complex. Go check them out. Probably the best team on campus if, you, if you're a UCF Knights fan. Uh, they're they're great group, great group as well. Great group of girls. Um, they're 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 all fantastic. Uh, as most softball teams are. I love I I, I love softball. Um, yeah. but, you know uh, Johnny
1: Dawkins was kind of like a much more successful Brandon Jennings
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that I don't remember watching Johnny da- I, I didn't actually watch he was the
1: lefty and basketball. he had a real quick shot like that but he was good, he was really really good
0: <laughs> okay yeah 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 um, we'll we'll see how he is as a coach. Um, he was okay at Stanford uh, we might we might get some low i mean if if anything Johnny Dawkins being the head coach of Stanford will give the Lopez twins an excuse to visit Orlando more often. And we know that they love Orlando because that's where Disney is.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, that now, now we've completely sidetracked, uh, Brett, any other words of wisdom before, before we sign off here?
1: I mean, I guess my last thing is something I, I feel like I've had to say for years now is that, um, this has been four losing seasons now, but the magic have been a great organization and have had their ups and downs and like things are going to get better again. It's just, it might not have happened as quick as we had hoped or expected it, especially after a 19 and 13 start, but there's been enough positive signs and having the cap room and just, you know, this, this next season is make or break for Rob Hennigan, but it's not for the Orlando magic.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting you bring that up. If, if the Magic missing the playoffs this year will tie the longest streak of the Magic missing the playoffs in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Um, they they missed the playoffs the first four years of their existence, uh, and so this will tie that mark. And so this is that you're right. This is a franchise that that doesn't stay down very long. Um, this is actually the longest they they've been without an All Star now four years. Um, so yeah, they they find a way to at least be in the conversation and and what they've tried to do the last five years, they've never tried to do in franchise history. So I I do applaud them for trying to take a long-term view and not taking the easy way out and getting to the playoffs immediately after the Dwight Howard trade. And uh, whether you want to call the rebuild a success or not, um, you know, they certainly played for lottery ball, ping pong balls a lot and and didn't strike it rich in the lottery on, on three occasions. Um, and that certainly hurt how they wanted to build, uh, but you know, I, I at least applaud them for the intention, if not the execution. Um, you know, I, I think they really did want to build a championship team and felt this was the best way to do it, and, and it just didn't work out that way. Uh, and so now they're they're trying to pivot and move forward, and they've kept some flexibility. And, and I think the most important thing to remember entering this off season is they can do a lot. They may not sign, they may not sign a max guy. They may trade for him. They may, they've got the cap room to absorb a, a big, big salary if, if they can find someone to take it or find someone to give it to them. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it, they've got a lot of potential moves they can make. They, they don't have to, you know, go conventional routes and, and they don't even have to use the money they've got. They can keep it in their back pocket and use it at use it another time. Um, you know, I think it's important that they don't come back with the same roster again, like they did this summer, essentially. Um, and I think it's important that they take a step forward and make the playoffs next year, but, uh, it, you know, they're not, they're not a team that, that, that sits, that stands pat when they miss the playoffs like this. They, they, they believe they had a playoff team. They felt they were ready and they didn't hit that goal. And so now they're going to ask themselves some hard questions and, and try to accomplish that, that goal that they couldn't get this year. And I and I think that they'll take real steps to do it. And so um, regardless of what you think of Hennigan, regardless of what you think of, of ownership right now, you know, I do think everyone in that organization is committed to trying to, to feel the winner and they're they're gonna they're gonna do all that they can this summer to do that. Whether they're successful in it is is another question entirely, but again the intention is there. Now they've just gotta execute. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: much.
0: that's a good way. That's a good place to leave us off. Um, Brett, uh, thank you for, for joining us again here on the Orlando magic daily podcast. Uh, you can follow Brett on Twitter at 33 trigger. That's three, three trigger. Um, as in what Larry bird did before he shot the basketball, um, <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Oh magic daily. Uh, you can always follow us there visit us at orlandomagicdaily.com as well we've got a lot of great content um I'll, like i previewed some of the things that i'm working on we've got a lot of other things working on i think one of our writers is actually writing about the magic's uh franchise history and and, and some of the successes they've had um just to put this this stretch in perspective as well um and and we've got a lot of other great stuff coming uh i uh, as, as these... on that one. i'm sorry
1: is uh, Joe Buckley on that one?
0: Yeah, Joe's. I think Joe's gonna gonna be writing that up uh, in the very yeah. near future. Um. Yeah. You know, we we got we will have a lot of other great content coming up coming up soon as well. Um, we're not taking these final twelve games off. We're not gonna tank. We're we're gonna we're gonna try and run through the tape here and, and finish the season strong. So, I've got to get to work on I've got to get to work on some things because I I've I've got a post I got to get done. I got to get this posted. So, uh, Brett, thanks once again.
1: It was fun. Uh, have I had... have some ideas now. So I mean we, we know what we're gonna look at for these last twelve games.
0: Absolutely. That's not... And that's there's yeah. there's I mean, like I said, I think there's still a lot to accomplish and still a lot to learn in, in, in these final in these final games. So um for Brett for Brett, this has been Philip. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast. One day I'll figure out how to do a good outro. We'll see you next time. Adios ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks it's ace's biggest led light bulb sale of the year right now buy one get one free on our best-selling led light bulbs our four pack of led bulbs is $9.99 and our two pack of led floodlights is only $12.99 buy one get one free there's no limit on how much you can save so stock up now hurry in Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.